In fact, if you come any closer, if you touch me or anything, I think I'll scream. Welcome to our first, really, it's really an official podcast. I've never officially done a podcast before. All I've done is taken videos, stripped back the uh, visuals, and just put the audio over the top and made a podcast. So this is, this is like, this is proper. Do you know I never have listened to a podcast ever? Oh man, you got to listen to podcasts. I need to get into podcasts. Everyone's doing it. They are amazing. I don't seem to be doing it. They are amazing. And you know where, um, audio is where it's heading. Uh, voice is where it's heading. Yes. Because with you've got your iPods, no, sorry, your home pods and stuff where you go, play me podcast, yada, 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 or switch on my light, yeah. or, you know, make my bed, or sleep with my wife. It's, uh, it's those. <laughs> that, it, it, that was last Wednesday. That, was, <laughs> <laughs> that we didn't record. All right, so look, um, I'd like to welcome you to the official yeah, First yeah, sure. Ride Zilla podcast. Sure. Um, the reason why I'm interviewing John is... Uh, We've become good friends uh, after working together for quite a while. He was a photographer, but I, I, I've got to admit, some of the first couple of times that I worked with him, I fucking hated him. <laughs> I was I the thought, same. I was the same. I was like, who's this fucker that's just I, running the show? I always had a problem with video guys <laughs> were always some dickhead I had to get around, some guy that was in the way, some guy that, that impeded my movement. So... And even the first couple of times working with Marcus, it was like that. I remember, fuck, this dude's too close. How do I get around that guy? <laughs> but in the end, you get to a point where the two of you understand who's going to be where and you become like a little ballet. And 100%. when I move this way, he moves that way. 100%. And when, I, when you've got audio, when you're facing the groom and he's talking, mm. um, you go for that part, but I go around the back and I'm aiming back towards the bride because the shots of mouths moving are no good. For stills, are no good. But for video, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's sort of, you go one way, I go the other way. One of my, my favourites of us being in, in sync, right? We were back to back at, we're at Stones, right? They've come out of the chapel and, and there are people everywhere. We're back to back like a couple of ninjas in a fight, right? Um, shooting away like crazy. And then I hear you whisper, Johnny, grandmother, two o'clock. Yeah, and the two of us turn around and we're both shooting the same thing. And that sort of looking after each other, where I remember one at Stones again, where I'm around the back of the bride and groom and you see the groom rubbing the bride's sort of lower back. You see the hand going up slow-mo and stuff like that. It was an okay shot for stills, but for video, it's beautiful. And so I've gone around and, and almost grabbed Marcus by the ear mid-ceremony and dragged him around. But I know that if someone books C2 or Marcus or whatever, I want them to get a great product. My name's on it as well. But it's not why? just your name but on see, it. But why do you want C2? And that's the point I want to get to. Um, and we've, we've jumped right ahead, but we're here yeah. anyway. Yeah. I think that part of the core of what you do is yep. why do you want a good product at the end of the day. I mean, what's at the heart of that? It's probably at that point where you, we've had this conversation before, where you can deliver, you can deliver a half-assed photo, but if there's an emotional attachment and someone's had fun with it, then they love that photo all the more. 
and you know, saying half-assed is probably wrong. It's more that some, it's not an award-winning, well-focused, perfectly exposed, light in the right spot sort of shot that you know me and you equate to as being a great shot. But if it's just a normal shot that is run-of-the-mill for us as far as that goes, but the person is enjoying themselves in it, that is a better shot. So when you and me together, our main focus is that people are enjoying themselves and the photography almost becomes secondary, but you're at a point where you're a good photographer regardless of what's going on. Yeah. There's a standard of product, but the emotional attachment to that shot becomes more important than anything. And 100%. you know, again, that's a, that's a thing that you and me do together and probably another point of difference of going in as a team rather than me and some video guy I gotta get around, it becomes, you know, I want to take Marcus with me, I wanna take Matt with me, or you know, the very small list of video guys that I will work with. And again, let's touch on that. I, I'm I have a bit of a reputation in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> let's not sugarcoat it. Um, as much as I look like a fun guy. Um, yeah, yeah, across yeah. the board, video guys don't really like me. So to, to put it in context, uh, there's um, videographers that I've spoken to in the industry that literally have little dolls at home that look like John Warren and they just kind of just stab in the head after a wedding or miss out on a wedding because he won't work with them and he'll literally put his foot down and say, look, I'm not going to be party to this. Go and find yourself another photographer. I mean, this, and this is how hardcore he is. I, I kid you not. Um, I've, I've, literally... I've been threatened with lawsuits. Yeah. Um, I've so, been so, threatened with loss of income. But so the why? Fear, there's a why? real theory behind that. And, and it's a real bugbear of mine that I want to bring the right guy to the gig that enhances the gig. Or girl. Or girl. But bringing that person along then reflects on me and creates a better day that I'm a part of. So when the bride and groom look back on it, they go, wow, everything was magical. Because... The photographer was great, the videographer was great, the florist was awesome, I had the right celebrant, and I'm, all those people, when I sit with a, a bride and groom going through who, the, who their suppliers are, I push really, really hard for the guys on my list because I know that, A, the bride and groom are gonna get a great product, but B, I'm gonna enjoy working with them. And me enjoying working with them lifts everything up, that then you're having fun, I'm having fun, the bride and groom are swallowed up in that. As opposed to, yeah, here's, here's my theory on it. You take, a, you take a bottle of, hang on, hang on, here's one I prepared earlier. All right, this is, this is, man doesn't drink. I don't drink. He doesn't drink. There are a lot of people that, that just <laughs> buy people <laughs> alcohol. They think, dude, you're, I, I want to give you a present and they buy you alcohol and, and I don't drink. And Marcus drinks very, very rarely. Only Bintang when he's in Bali. Only Bintang! But the reason I brought this out is that you take a bottle of Verve, it's Verve all the way through. If you add one cap of sewerage to the Verve, the whole bottle is sewerage. So bringing the one supplier, one dodgy supplier on. One, look, one dodgy one supplier, dodgy supplier can unpin the whole thing. Now, bear in yep. mind, this is at the core of what you do is the couple's well-being, the yep. couple's experience of all this because literally you could show up and not give a shit, right? You could show up, the couple stuff. The experience of the couple is the number one most important thing of everything that goes on for a wedding day. If, you know, if I don't see 
two champagne glasses full next to the cake. And I know there's going to be the awkwardness of someone proposing a toast and there's no champagne glass there. I'll get that before anyone knows. When the bride gets out of the car, the last thing I say to her before, she, before her dad opens the door is watch out for the tyre. The tyre is your enemy. If the dress hits the tyre, it's going to ruin everything. Those sort of things is, they're little, but if anything was to go wrong on a wedding day, again, that's your cap of sewerage. Um, all those things making sure that when you look back at your wedding day and you go, man, nothing went wrong, everything was awesome, is so much better than, oh, you were great, but the video guy was a dick. Fuck, I couldn't, yeah, yeah. couldn't believe what he was saying. And you hold on to that. Yeah, yeah, you're always going to find that little yeah. you know, 5% of negative yeah. for it. So you know, I never want to be in that situation where I'm making excuses for another supplier or I'm never put at, I've got to work around them or anything like that. So I'm very, I push very hard for the right video guy, the right celebrant, the right florist, that everyone's gonna give you a great result. And again, those people then all know each other too. You know, I, I bringing those sort of people on means that, I don't know, um, you're looking after each other. You know, if I, heaven forbid, and it's only happened once in about 900 weddings, but you missed the, the bridal kiss or, the kiss is quite quick and there's the, the chicken peck, bang. And then the celebrant looks at me, who I happen to know, and uh, I give him the little shake of the head, and then he comes back with, oh, mate, that wasn't a kiss, just give her another one and we'll get in there and blah, blah, blah. And then without even knowing, that guy's looked after me, I've got the shot, the result for the bride and groom, had they got no idea what's actually yeah. happened, Correct. but they've got a, you know, a second yeah. kiss in. It's just, that's, that's basics for me. So, you know, pushing those suppliers really, really hard. And, you know, hence the video industry looks back at me as, you know, look at that cock, he won't work with us. Um, and that's only because I've got to a point where I, I can trust this bloke. There's a small other selection of guys that I really enjoy working with and I laugh and giggle through the day and they bring the thing up. But that probably alienates 80% of the world. So, pretty much. No, pretty yeah. much. But at the end of the day, we'll just, if I alienate 80% of the world for the good of the bride and groom, what I think is the good of the bride and groom, 100%. then fuck it. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. I'll, I'll take You'll the abuse. You'll everyone at the stake. I'll, I'll cop it. Absolutely. Cop it from social media, cop it from threatening lawsuits yeah, yeah. of whatever, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, when me and him come on and deliver a great product, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I will literally burn anybody that gets in the way of the bride and groom. In a heartbeat. Now, yeah. I want to go back to when you first got started in this industry, how yeah. you got first. Now, tell the listeners where it first started. Where were you? What was, what's the origin? Everyone's got a great origin story, yeah, right? Yeah, I've got a great what's origin What's your origin story? story? i got a great origin story. Um, I was about 19, and I'd always had an interest in photography and always quite handy and you know back in those days 19 we just the invention of the automobile but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it was it was back in the film days and stuff like that and my stepsister was getting married and my old man laid it hard on me to go and do the shots you know they were hard up for coin and they said you know johnny you're pretty handy can you go and do it you know it's ironic now that when you know uncle fred pulls out a camera and everyone freaks out but you know really back then i was uncle fred so um, I've shot this wedding for free and first ever wedding, I really had no idea what I was doing. I made it up as I went. And again, I was shooting film. So film 
Jeez, unless you are Cartier-Bresson, um, film is a scary thing. You, you can't shoot and look at the back of it. So, you know, you're shooting a backlit shot and your little needle's doing that and you just rattle away and then, you know, you finish the wedding, you get the film processed, you come back and uh, your old man rings you and says, oh, there's a lot of these that are dark, aren't they? <laughs> and you go, oh yeah, okay, fuck, what do we do now? This, you know, this is hardcore, it's a wedding, you, you can't do it twice. It's a, you know, it's a mediocre performance for me at best, but hey, I'm a 19 year old kid with no idea. And then my second wedding was 15 years later. Wow. It was roughly 15 years later. I was out of the wedding industry for 15 years. And, and I think it was um, probably Tatiana who works for me now. Uh, um, it was Tatiana that got me back into it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, Is that how long you've known her? Yeah, if not longer. Fuck. Um, that was more of, you know... I thought she was 22. She was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's, it's funny, she's always looked 22. <laughs> but, you know, I think shooting, shooting Tat's wedding and, and sort of... I had to be pushed. I had to be pushed into it. And... From that, that went quite well. It's probably not that great when you compare it to now, yeah. but it was good enough that I thought, yeah, maybe I can give it a crack. Mm. And then word of mouth and such and such got on, and then all of a sudden I was shooting, you know, weddings for chicks that, at work. Um, and then Where from there you, you make the leap. Crown Casino or World of Entertainment. Wow. So not only am I a handy photographer, I'm very good at taking money from pensioners. Yes. Yep. <laughs> All you can do is give them a snack. Give them a free snack and they'll drop their whole He's pension in a, in a pokey. <laughs> Not that I advocate on pokey machines. I, I'm against them, but, you know, hell, the world goes around. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's probably how it's got to this point. So when did, it become, when did it become real? I mean, you were working at Crown mm. and that was your full-time gig. That shit paid the bills, yep. put food on the table. Yep. So when... Was it that? Because I, I, I've heard from you know, people in the industry in the past when they've gone, oh, suddenly it's... Uh, oh, yeah. man, the realisation, like, damn, I don't yeah. have to do this nine to five no, anymore. No, no, it's not that. It's not that. Um, it takes an enormous amount of balls to leave a successful job that's going well. That's paying well. That's paying well. And you've got a mortgage that's the size of the Great Wall of China and a wife and two kids. It takes an enormous amount of balls. To be honest, I didn't have those balls. Um, I would have continued on working nine to five in Shitsville probably for a very long time. Oh, wow. Um, there was a, an instant um, where you sort of, you'd, I can't go into the nitty gritties, but an incident with management where I wasn't happy, they weren't happy, and we just decided that you take your parachute and get out. It's pretty much how it goes. Oh, really? So, they, they pushed you? Yeah, they it pushed was you a, out the door? It was a bit of a push and a bit of a jump. Oh, um, wow. You know, I wasn't happy with the way things were going and probably vice versa at the end. So in the end, it was almost you need that kick in the teeth to go, okay, fuck, what do we do now? And at that stage, I went, well, I've got a dozen weddings booked. Um, Maybe I can make a go of it and push for, you know, another 50 or 60. 
but it wasn't a point where you just wake up one day and you're sick of the man and you just want to go and do it. A lot of times it takes a kick in the teeth. Mm. Um, and you know, you see a lot of people who don't work for themselves mm. and they are stuck in the, mm. the nine to five grind and they can't get out of the nine to five grind. And I don't, I don't ever look at them now and go, well, you're dickheads, you should get off your ass mm. because I didn't do it either. Mm. You know, I, I had to be punched into submission yeah, but to go that way. That, there, that was a catalyst to sort of propel you forward, right? Yeah. You could have easily gone back and found something else, found another nine to five job somewhere else. Yeah, I could, but I developed the skills to a point where I was confident to do it. So there was still courage in that, in doing what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, there's, there's still courage in it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I knew that if, if that turned to shit, I could probably go back to nine to five. I had those skills already. Mm. So... But you only attain that at a certain stage of life. You've got to be... How old were the kids? Bronwyn was pregnant with Willie. Oh, wow. So, you know, we had a, we had a two-year-old and pregnant with a second. Um, and you left Crown at that point? Yeah. And how many weddings were on the book after the, after the safety net being pulled away? Somewhere between 10 and 12, maybe <laughs> 8 to 12 only. <laughs> oh, shit. That was it. And then in that first year... Um, you sort of, you, you market the, the crap out of everything and you, you know, I, I came from a marketing background at Crown. I was in the marketing department for 12, 13 years. So you're a bit of a ahead of the game mm. for starters. But that first year, you, you take any winning you can. You do baby shoots, you do corporate shoots, you do anything that puts food on the table and, and turns the light switch on. Yeah, yeah. And then past that point, you get better at that, you get a name for it, and the snowball starts to take off. So first year in probably 40 weddings. Oh, wow. Fuck um, it, so, so it, it's pretty much overnight. It was, it was surprisingly quick. I, so there's no you know, oh fuck moment for you. There was like, oh, fuck. We're, 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 we're eating tin spaghetti. Yeah, 35, 40. No, I never got to the tin spaghetti stage. I, I was at Tim Piscetti. Tim Piscetti. Piscetti. Spaghetti. Yeah. Spaghetti. I was at um, Tim Spaghetti for about a month. Yeah, no, I never... Yeah, I, yeah. It, was, it was scary. Yeah. And there was a lot of pressure and, you know, I remember my wife saying, you can't fuck this up. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. But you can't fuck this up. You can't fuck this up. Awesome. Um, it's an enormous amount of <laughs> implied pressure. You know, she's pregnant, she's not working, there's yeah, one yeah, wage yeah. and, you know, you've got a lot of bills. But Are you here in Bentley? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were here. Um, and we'd built the studio too, you know, and, and as much as I'd sort of used this for bits, yeah. um, it's more of a man cave than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was, I had cameras out here and lights and stuff. You'd take, you know, pictures of chicks for fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, first, first year in high 30s, thereabouts, maybe 40. Um, second year in 55, 60. Oh, wow. Uh, and it ballooned out of control from there. You know, I got... Um, a couple of extra photographers in it. One stage we were shooting, yeah. you know, 130 weddings. So um, what happened there when, when you got a couple of extra photographers in? There's a different dynamic in that. You know, I've, I've moved away from that now. Um, it's probably when you look at the graph, you know, sort of on my own. Then I had photographers in. Now I'm back on my own mm. again. My name's on the door. Yeah. Um, the bride comes in and goes, yeah, we want you to shoot your wedding. And then you've got to sit there and explain to her that it's, well, it's not me. It's one of my other photographers that I've trained and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, your product's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, and as much yeah. as you, you push it and sell it, at the end of the day, they want you, your name's on the door. And then there's the pressure of 
if you get to that point where you've sold it that someone else will shoot it under a warrant photography banner, there's the pressure of hoping that that goes okay. You know, you, you then take, you're not in control of that gig anymore. And, you know, I'm possibly a little bit controlling. Mm. I'm a controlling sort of guy, but um, it's more that, you know, there's a certain, not only a standard, but a certain way you want it done. Mm. And a certain reflection back onto you. And, you know, there was a couple of issues with, you know, brides coming back that weren't happy with the product mm. that I hadn't shot. Yeah. And then that, I didn't have control over yeah, that yeah. process. Yeah. So, you know, it got to a point where I thought, fucking hell, this is too hard. Yeah. Um, so the stress of having... And, and of those two photographers, one went on to be quite successful on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one went back to commercial work. You know, yeah. um, Craigie was, was helping me out. Um, shooting the weddings, mm. but was nine to five high end commercial during the week. So yeah, yeah. you know he he was just a, a great photographer. Yeah, yeah. But you know, had he transposed that into a good wedding photographer, yeah. was there about? So there was that extra pressure involved yeah. there. So at the end of the day, I thought, fuck it, let's just put the prices up. Yeah, and I'll shoot them home. Okay. So you know, the turnover then became roughly the same of shooting. What in terms of your profit margin? Yeah, I could make. 85 weddings on my own was probably making the same money as shooting 130 weddings with staff. Oh, wow. So to lose those extra shooters, put the price up by, you know, 1500 bucks or something and turn over roughly the same mm. um, and probably make more profit because you weren't paying any staff for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, was a much more viable sort of way of running. And what end. your stress levels would have been? Oh, my stress was a lot more Maintained. relaxed. Maintained? Yeah, you know, a lot more relaxed because yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it was only me, and I trusted myself to do it. Mm. And I was at a, you know, I, I had quite a few hundred weddings under my belt, so you know, I wasn't scared of doing them. Mm. I could just rock in and crack gags and press the button and rock out. It was an easy sort of thing for me. When did you become? And I'll explain to the listeners. So, when John comes out and shoots a wedding, uh, my experience of it, and hundreds and hundreds of couples' experience of it, is. They come back to John because the photos are beautiful, but let's face it, there's loads of beautiful photos out there these days. You know, there's spray and pray. People take 10,000 shots. They're going to find 300 good ones. I'll put them on Instagram. Mm. Those 10 will be good because the phone backlights them and everything is sweet. Instagram, right? just let me, let me digress. <laughs> Instagram is very misleading. You take 3,000 shots in a day and put one up and you're a fucking legend. Um, get no idea what those other 2,999 look like. You know, don't ever judge a photographer by his Instagram page. Um, that's Drill your start deeper. point. Drill that's your start point. Yeah, yeah, Drill Get deeper. into it and look at weddings complete. Yeah, correct. So when did you... So couples love John. Couples love being around John and they love the photos, but they rave about the experience. So, you know, I, I recently just got this review uh, a couple of days ago where um, they often say, your photographers and videographers... Uh, generally speaking, should be uh, in the background, discreet, getting all those shots that you love and they're the good photographers. But this review was, that's what people say, but I object to that. I think your photographer slash videographer should be up in your grill enjoying the day as much Bingo. as you do. Bingo and was that his name Enhance that, yep. And she literally said... That enhanced the day for us. Yes. They were like a member of a family, a great friend. Exactly. They were with us all day. You can't be invisible because you can't be invisible. No. So when did you find that 
when did you become that guy that you know that experience when did you become well that that you know that that nucleus of it's going to be enjoyable because John's going to be there making us all enjoy the process of getting photographed I think I've always been it's, it's hard to say this shit without sounding like a tosser I've always been fun mm. and I've always wanted to have fun mm. with it mm -hmm. right and that makes it more enjoyable for me, purely on a selfish level. But when, I don't think there was a, a watershed moment of, uh, okay, start point, I need to differentiate myself from the crowd. But that's become um, the way that I have differentiated myself. You know, I, people will ring me and say, you know, we looked at your photos and everyone's laughing. Um, we want to laugh too. Great. You know, I looked at such and such photos and yeah, they're beautiful, but nobody looks like they're happy and you know there are some beautiful fine art photographers that will take magical shots but you know, it might take 20 minutes art directing that and that's more of a fashion shoot for me it's not a it's not a wedding you know a wedding at the core of it is two people coming together because they love each other and having a party with their friends and bringing their friends along to watch them make that commitment but it's a party so me being the guy at the party you always want to hang with the fun guy at the yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, you want to invite... Yeah. We've got to invite that guy to the party you want to because be with that it's guy. going to be next yeah. level. So I wanted to be that guy, but that guy at the party. And I just happened to have a camera in front of me. So, you know, the, there's so many times where... So many things that you and me can get away with that... Some shit that other, shit. <laughs> other people couldn't get away with. But you set yourself up, you know, as, as the fun guy straight away. So you, you've disarmed everyone. You've dropped the levels of, of, of their expectations. And, you know, you can say shit that you can't get away with in a normal day. But, but in saying that, it's very strategic because what you're doing is you're giving them permission by you being a dick. Yep. You're giving them permission to just be themselves. Exactly. You know, this guy's not serious. This girl's not serious. She's having fun. Exactly. Fuck, we can let our guard down. Exactly. I'll do that to get the reaction. But and that's, that's very similar to... But you're not forcing it. No, I'm not forcing it's it. It's completely Absolutely. authentic. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm enjoying doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing gives me more of a buzz than making someone else laugh. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that's why comedians... In, do what they do. Do what they do. Yeah. Um, but you're almost... You know, you're like... You're like a happy paparazzi. You know when the paps go up to Kardashians and they say something really angry and inappropriate and blah, 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 and they're provoking a response that they want that person to smack them over their head so they've got the photo of that and that sells a million bucks worth of um, advertising. It's a similar sort of thing that you're provoking the fun and you're, you're doing that to get a reaction and you're taking the photo of the reaction. So... You get to a point where the bride and groom are sort of smooching. You'll, you'll, you'll get that main hero shot of them having a kiss and you'll set that up. You'll do that very quickly because you don't want it to become an awkward, weird, weird experience. But at that point there where you go, oh, baby, slip the tongue in or something, yeah. and the two of them piss themselves laughing, you've got the hero shot, you've got the two of them cracking up laughing, and you've moved on to the next thing. You've done the whole thing in about eight seconds. It doesn't feel like a photo shoot. It's like, fuck, I'm hanging out with Johnny. I'm having a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's it. The, the, as soon as it feels like a photo shoot, you're fucked. Yeah, no, seriously. And then what happens is it becomes like everything else. It becomes 
nothing is different from one wedding to another. Yep. Because uh, their personalities aren't involved anymore. Yep. It's just, it's a pretty picture. Yep. And like we spoke about earlier, anybody these days, my boy, can take a good oh. picture. Dude, I, I've, uh, that whole Instagram filtery, blah, blah, blah. My brother explained it a lot of years ago as being the death of photography. Mm. And he actually claimed digital photography was the death of photography. Mm. And, you know, at the time he said, you know, it'll, any dickhead can be able to press a button and it'll be the death of photography. Yeah. He didn't realise that he was right, but in a different way. Yeah. It actually creates a lower expectation of what good photography is, mm-hmm. that you can take mediocre shots, you can put the gingham filter on from Instagram and it's it's faded out and hipster and it looks like, you know, geez, I want to drop names, I can't. You can't. looks like such and such shot. You can't 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 mention any names. Fuck. It looks like such and such shot and then, you know, you go, hell, that kid's got some talent Mm. and fuck, he's seven years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, it's, again, and that gets back to the premise. Anybody can be a photographer. Anybody, you buy a $400 camera and you're a photographer, there is no regulatory body. I don't have to pass a test. I don't have to go and and do a driving test the way I would want to be a driver, but anyone can be a photographer. So how do you separate yourself from that? The difference between your son taking a photo on his iPhone and putting the gingham filter on looking awesome to my photo where someone's pissing themselves laughing or a father is cuddling their daughter and there's tears running out and everything's beautiful, is the emotion involved. And whether it's the emotion of being happy, whether it's the emotion of being sad, there is some sort of emotional attachment. And that's what I'm always looking for to separate me from the pack. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge fucking pack. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Yep. And, bigger by the, and bigger by the day. Every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every day there are more and more photographers. And, you know, when photographers... When the numbers go down, when their turnover goes down, they're doing less photo- photos, less weddings. The number one thing they say is, oh man, it's because there's too many photographers. Yeah, yeah. That's, no. that's loser talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're, if you're a motor racing driver, you, you're not a worse motor racing driver because there are more rotor racing drivers. You're actually better because you're competing against more people. If you're the fucking quickest, yeah. you're the fucking quickest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's 10 or 100. That's right. So, you know, you, you separate yourself from the crowd by being good at it. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the 80% of cool hipster photographers that all look the same, that all have the same... Detail shots, shot with the same filter, 35mm lens and hammer that fucker to death, then hell, there are too many photographers. Mm. But if you're not, if you're in the 20% mm-hmm. and you're offering a different product to the 80%, you'll smash it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, hopefully that's the reason why we've smashed it for so many years. There's a conversation you have with couples sitting, potential couples sitting on this very couch when they come in. And uh, I've heard you speak about when the father walks into the room yep. the first time yep. uh, and you're showing the slides of what that actually means when you're seeing the image and the story behind that, give us a le- let us know what's behind yeah, that. Okay. What was the conversation you have with them? I have a real soft spot for dads at weddings. Uh, my daughter Lucy is now 11. I'm that guy in, what, 15, 16, 17 years. So hopefully it's longer. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Sometimes dad's the awkward, weird dude in the corner working on the speech. They don't know when to come in. Um, someone help me with my tie. Uh, it's a lot... The prep session or that, that bride getting ready is all about girls normally. Mm. You know, and the, the father can be quite the awkward sort of dude. So I always reflect it back on myself that I'm a father. How do I want to be treated? How's it going to roll for me in 15, 16 years, right? So I want to get it to a point and I, I try and do this with most weddings, of getting the bride ready and, and dressed and perfect, separated from the father. Then bring, you know, I'll go out and whisper to dad, um, mate, if you want to come in now, you know, we're ready for you. He opens the door, and the first thing he sees is his daughter, fully dressed, fully made up, looking incredible. Um, most of them lose their shit. Most of them cry and tear up or there's, you know, something going on. For me to tuck away just sort of behind the bride and, and shoot that guy's reaction and, and get all of that puts me in his spot. I'm him. Mm-hmm. And out of everything that goes on, if, if that's the only shot I take of the daughter and her father and her father is tearing up, mm-hmm. I get teary fucking thinking about it. <laughs> but it's... That's so important. Yeah. You know, a, a, a shot at Flinders Street um, in front of the red door at St. Paul's. It's an awesome fucking shot of the door. Mm-hmm. It's not a shot about anything no. else. Correct. And again, that's another point of difference. You know, photographers will take you through to six or seven different locations. It's about the location. Mm-hmm. It's not about what are the people doing in that situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, rather than going to a... I don't know, the, the, that, that army barracks wall, which is a two-dimensional flat mm. thing that every dickhead seems to shoot, we go to the railway hotel, man, and sink a beer. Mm. Hang out with your mates, and then the shots of you jeezing and geeling mm. and whatever, there's a lot of hero shots you can get in those sort of situations, but that. So yeah, getting back to the, the father thing, I digress. Yeah. Um, again, how, do you, how do you make Dad comfortable enough for him to do that? Because let's face it, you're a, he hasn't met you before till the yeah, day. yeah. How do you make him, how are you able to set the landscape that he can be himself yeah, good. whilst you're dirty over the shoulder yeah. with that fucking noisy shutter of yours? Yeah, yeah Marcus loves my shutter. No, I love your shutter. Um, getting the shot. How's he um, able to do that? Again, that's, it gets back to the point if you can teach anyone to be a photographer, but people skills is more important than anything. Um, the first thing I do when I walk in the house is not take a photo. Mm. Um, introduce yourself to everyone. You crack some jokes. Um, you know, the amount of times Marcus hits on the mother is embarrassing. But those sort of things... In my is age group again, now. <laughs> in my age group too. <laughs> it's funny, you get old enough where you work out that, hey, actually, the mother's quite hot. Mother, mother becomes hot. Yeah, yeah. It happens automatically. Before yeah. the, it was the bridesmaids, it was the bride, then suddenly the mum becomes hot. Well, your wife is an ex-bridesmaid. Let's just put that out there. I'm sure he'll tell you that story in the next podcast. But um, to get into that room and, and crack some jokes, talk about the weather. You know, if the weather's shit, make reference to your lucky red jocks. Pull your pants down if you have to. I don't know. But making sure that they're comfortable first, right? And I've had fathers who have said, where the fuck did you get this guy? Great. You know, I'm, I'm provoking some sort of 
response from him, but I'm, I'm lowering the line. Like you said, acting, you know, silly sometimes, silly is probably not the word, but acting friendly and, and bubbly and whatever gives them the opportunity to act that way. Mm-hmm. If you come in stiff, mm-hmm. yeah, you yeah. create the stiff. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. And then everyone's stiff. 100%. And you can't get your way back from that. Yeah, and you, all yeah. your photos, you know, they look stiff. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're rocking in, chatting, chatting to dad, chatting to mum. You know, my, my favourite weddings, Levos. I love Levos. Um, for, uh, non, uh, for non-Lebanese people, they're Lebanese people. <laughs> Australians like to cut it Lebanese. into Lebos. Yeah. But yeah. by the time you arrive at the house, everyone's already dancing. You know, you don't get that opportunity to walk in and, and chat to someone. Music's full bore, place is going nuts. So I run into the room, put the camera in the corner, find the mother, start dancing with the mother in the middle of the room. They look at me like, who is this dickhead? <laughs> but when you then pick up the camera and you're two inches in someone's head, they don't care anymore, he's one yeah. of us. Yeah. The quicker you become yeah, one of us yeah, yeah, yeah. is how you get all those emotional shots and you get the fun because you're then part of it. You're yep. one of us. Yep. And one of us is more important than photography. And again, you can teach any dickhead to take a photo. Teaching them to be one of us and the people's skills to get to that point. That's a skill. That's a skill that you can put money on. Yeah. That's the reason why you charge three times more than the hipster with the, um, the gingham filter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a skill that you've got over and above everyone yeah. else. And you've got to look, the amount of photographers that I've worked with that don't love this. Yeah, is astounding. I don't. You know, you've got to. I don't get that. You've told me that before. Look, it, beca- look, it does become work. We get it, it becomes work. But at the end of the day, there's, there's an underlying love to what mm. we do. And this, it may sound corny and cliched, but you literally, to do well yep. in this industry, to do well doing what we do, you have to love it. Or one, you'll become cynical. Why, you don't, become you, why don't you out? think they love it? The, the ones that don't love it, why, what's the reason for them not loving look, it? Look, uh, it's hard for me to comprehend because I've always loved it. Look, it's, and I don't want to... Look, from what I can gather, I can only base it on things that I've done that I haven't loved. And the reason... But no, you see other photographers yeah, in action. Yeah, correct, correct. So yeah. there, I guess, the reason why they don't love it yeah. or they're not loving it is because they're only doing it for the money. They're only doing it because they've attended some... Yeah, but I've got a different theory on that. I've got a different theory. If, you, if you're struggling with the people's skills... It's a really fucking hard job. Oh, yeah, it's hard. It's a it's really, really, really difficult job. Um, Look at the amount of personalities you, you have to deal with. You've got to deal with hardcore Jewish mothers and you've got to be dealing with event planners. Don't fuck with a Jewish mother. I love Jewish mothers. Just don't fuck with them. Don't Jewish fuck mother. with them. I love them. Seriously, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, them. with them. You'll lose. You'll, You'll lose. lose. But, you know, time. event managers that are hardcore, wedding planners that are all over you saying this. Um, the father grabbing you for a family shot. You know, we need to do that now because my grandmother's ill and we've got to get out of it. There's... All those things are organisational things and things that are not photography. Now, if you got into photography to just be a photographer, fuck off. Yeah, 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 correct. You're not going to make it. No, and, you're not going to make and, it. And, and go, go, and, go, go, go photograph architecture or something. Go and find another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Photograph something that doesn't move. Do still yeah. lifes and, yeah, and yeah, food. Yeah. yeah, your food. But there are the, all those extra yeah. skills and all those things. That you need. And I think the photographers that don't enjoy themselves are struggling in that area. Mm. They're probably very good at taking... Mm architecturals and blah, 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 and they go, yeah, photo- uh, wedding photography, I can do that, can pay some money. But I'm not enjoying it because 
I'm not creating the enjoyment for Correct. everyone else to get on board with. Yeah. And if you don't have that skill, you're going to hate and it. And I think part of, part of the reason why there's a lot of photographers that do workshops, yep. that do these workshops, and they're great, they're very beneficial, but they're only beneficial to teach the craft of taking a photo, the craft yep. of light, the craft of composition. What the fundamental, like, I think that's only 10%. I think 90% of wedding, yep. of doing a wedding, is people. Exactly. I think, and the skill is mm. not taught. Now, look, there are some, I guess there are some skills that they teach in terms of what to say, but if it doesn't come from somewhere that's real, that yeah. you really want them to behave and relax and have I've got fun. A, I've got a bugbear. I want to point yeah. out something. There's, a, there's a, uh, a sponsored post on Instagram and Facebook ad that I keep getting for a company that's released a set of playing cards almost, prompting cards with things that photographers should say. and In order to get a response. Exactly. And again, you know, that's something that you and me can do with our thinking. Mm -hmm. And it's a people skill and it's probably an effort to train people with these people skills. But they're very contrived and they're very, you know, I, I want the two of you... I, I, actually, we, we saw... <laughs> We were, um, we were doing a, a wedding at um, Werribee Mansion and, and we sort of popped out of the room to see, to, so the bride could just get the dress, you know, three quarters away on. And on the balcony beside us was another photographer shooting another wedding, right? So me and the other video guy are standing there, you know, just with one eye on that and seeing what's going on. So we hear the photographer say to the mother and daughter, I want you to, to just, you know, bring your heads together close and I want you to to tell each other how much you love each other, but not with your words, just with your eyes. Uh. <laughs> and then so, you know, the, we're, we're watching them be as awkward as fuck. The two of us are awkward look, you know, for them. And we're, how is that promoting the correct response no, or, or getting them into a zone where they let their guard down? You're only creating more awkwardness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even more so. Awkwardness is the, is the absolute enemy to what Because no one does that in the real world. The real no. world. And that's the thing. Weddings are not, the, you know, they're not a real world. You're in a white dress and you're tiptoeing down tram tracks or you're, you're in the middle of a vineyard. Mm. It's not real, yeah. right? To bring as much normality back to it as Correct. we can. For you and me to, to take the piss a little bit and make it like a normal day that you just happen to have a white dress on, but... Mm. Saying the right things that keep it as if you're hanging with your mates yeah. as opposed to being at a fashion shoot and an awkward thing with a prompting card. So for me, a prompting card is, is the tool of the devil. Yeah, yeah. It is a, it's something to give someone who has no freaking idea and offer them up an, a way of fixing that, but it's not the right way. It's crutch. It's always going to be the wrong way and yeah. it's not going to give you the right sort of thing. Yeah. So... Being situational, you know, when, when you see something unfold, you crack a joke or you talk about what's happening at the time. And that prompt card is never going to be relevant at any, at the yeah. right time. Yeah. You know, if you, your dad says something and then I crack a joke that's relevant to that, then you're conversating with them. Is that a word? You're interacting with them. Yeah. It becomes normal. So yeah, you're bringing yeah, more normality absolutely. back to the day. The day is not a, a normal day. Yeah. Bring some normality back to it. Hang out with your mates. Get your bridal party involved. Sink some beers. Have a giggle. Yeah. Uh, is almost like you've just gone through a normal day and there are bits to it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So tell me, let's we uh we're we're in the forty minutes now. There's no fucking forty five minutes. It's no great. One's ever gonna sit through? No, this. surely, surely <laughs> they're riveting. We're the only ones that are gonna. So we can say whatever. <laughs> like, fuck, we want because no one's actually gonna get to this point. They're riveted, anyway, mate. We're, we're riveted. Um, all right. So thanks to uh, Tim if Ferriss. If we're live, we can see the numbers going up. Yeah, yeah, no. All right. So thanks to Tim Ferriss. Who's Tim Ferriss? Him. Tim Ferriss is fucking god when it comes to podcasting. This guy is just rock and roll. He's hang on, hang on, hang on. Isn't he the lead guitarist of NXS? No. Okay, so Tim Ferriss poses his questions to his guests because I'm sort of getting into this and I'm borrowing from the masters. Yep. Um, if you could have, if you could say one thing on a billboard that would be seen by a billion people, yep. what would it be? It's a big, bold question, Marcus, and without some sort of... Uh, That's the point. Hours of time to think about it. First thing that comes to mind is kiss my butt. Kiss my butt. But um, if it needs to be photography related? Whatever you like. Um, on a billboard. I'd be pushing something emotional, I would think. Which would be? Something like... These are meant to be rapid fire questions. Kiss like your what? dad. <laughs> kiss your dad because I'm a dad. Okay, that's nice. Something like that. Something you've bought under a hundred bucks. Yep. It's been fucking awesome. Um, there's a little thing that I stick on the back of my phone, my iPhone, which is a, um, an anamorphic lens. Mm. Um, it's thereabouts for a hundred bucks, but it gives you a huge, what's, the, what's anamorphic, 24 by nine or something? Mm. Um, it gives you that and you run it through Filmic Pro and stuff like that. I'm not a snob that I have to use a $10,000 Canon camera all the time. Mm. Um, in fact, when I go on holidays, I don't take a camera. Mm. I can't be asked. Mm. So to run the, uh, the, the mobile with a little Osmo gimbal and a Filmic Pro thing and an anamorphic lens um, gives me a cinematic look for no pain in the ass. It's good. Now, this one last question, it's probably, we probably won't get an answer out of it because uh, as we, we um, spoke earlier on, if there's a book yep. that you would buy that you would give away, like yep. you would literally buy this book so you can give to people, Yes. What would the book be? If it's a book that I've read, then that limits it down to, to... possibly Dr. Zeus. But... <laughs> or any of the golden books. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I'm not really a book sort of guy. I don't... An album. There you are. Oh, a rock if, album. If there's a fucking rock album that you absolutely love, yes. what would be that rock album? That God. you would give, that you'd give to anybody that would, you wanted to educate them. One album. Rock albums, oh God, one. 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 I mean one. One. I could rattle off a hundred. One. Just one. Just. God, can I'm I gloss over a couple? No. <laughs> can I gloss over a couple to get give to the one? one? Give me one. All right, yeah, do that. Do that, Absolutely. The greatest breakup album of all time is Richard Pleasant's Galleon. That, it's, a, it's a little bit obscure. It's an Aussie album from the 90s. But, um, man, there's, there's lyrics and songs in there of why can't you love me, you bitch. It's, it's very that. Um, one of my favourite albums of all time is the Counting Crows, August and Everything After. Um, that's a killer. Um, some early Ben Folds is awesome. Um, but then there's all the classics. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I could go. I could go for hours. I'm a bit of a closet guitarist, and I'm a bit of a closet muso uh, that I'm not very good in. Ah, oh, bullshit! I heard you on your fiftieth. You fucking rocked it, mate. If I could chuck photography and be a rock guitarist, Dude, seriously, I'd chuck it. Do it in a blink of an eye. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Do it when you're eighty, when no one gives a fuck. <laughs> when, when I turn 80 I'm going to be one of those guys that doesn't give a fuck dude, dude, just do it. I'm going to be in the old people's home yep. walking around with my fucking cock out you never put your teeth in yeah never 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 I will treat everyone like shit yep. and I'll go out with the hugest fucking bang in the world damn straight yep. Yep. awesome yeah you'll be in the rocking chair next to me <laughs> we'll be hanging on each other Come hanging on, on each other he's fucking in my way again <laughs> <laughs> alright my man thank you <laughs> It's, uh, been, it's awesome. been good. It's been, been good. good. Been um, good. And again, uh, it's a very, very small list of people that I will and won't work with. Um, this fucker is at the top of it. Uh, I'll put that out there on film, on audio. I can say it for the rest of my life. That shit's going to come back and haunt you. It will. It will. <laughs> but again, we only, we became friends through, we met shooting. Um, we became friends really through a mutual respect of, of, we knew what each other was doing was right. And then from that, we looked after each other, we got into more weddings, and we've become great mates. So, yeah, that lasts for another 150 years. Fuck, let's hope so. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you. All right, done. Good. Sweet. Good.